Anne. I'm Missy. Welcome to Book Booze Friends. We're two chicks drink booze and talk book boyfriends. So we are back with another episode. And this episode is a continuation, essentially, of the last episode, which was book one of Cuda Confessions by Eden Connor. And today we're going to be talking about book two in that series, which is called Turn and Burn. Um, so quick refresher before we talk about what we're drinking. Um, this is a book series set in North Carolina, and it revolves around NASCAR, for lack of a better way to put it, because all of the males in the story have something to do with NASCAR in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Um, and this book takes place four years after the end of Gasser Ass. Mm-hmm. So Shelby is now like 21, 22. I think she's 22 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of seeing finally the aftermath of what happened in Gasser yes. Ass. Um, so before we talk too much more about it, though, mm-hmm. Missy. Yes. What are we drinking? Well, peeps, we had lots of um, choices in this book. Um, we had a slow gin with grenadine, which is considered a cough syrup. We had, I know, I actually want to try that one. It, it kind of sounds like cough syrup. Right. Way. I actually <laughs> want to try that one. Um, we had um, tequila, which, no, can't do tequila right now. Neither of us are touching that one. Yeah, no, only margaritas. Um, it also had, as everyone knows, my love of scotch and whiskey. I thought you were about to be sarcastic and say your love of American beer. No, I was actually being <laughs> nice to say. It had, one of the characters was drinking uh, scotch and soda, and of course I called him a pussy. Um, I mean, kind of is. Yeah, right. Um, but... Another beer that they actually do drink in this book, besides American Budweiser, is Heineken. So, today we are drinking Heineken. Heineken, which we can both stomach. Yeah, we can. It's palatable. We can both drink this one. It's cool. Um, so, Our drinks are super icy today. Oh, yeah. I had them in the freezer. <laughs> we probably should have taken them out before we left earlier, but yeah, it whatever. It's super icy, it so fine. it was really cold, which it means it's fine. just really refreshing. Right. Um, but so, yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to really tell you what Heineken tastes like. I think we because, all know what Heineken tastes like. Right. Um, we've both been to the Heineken factory, right? You have not been to the Heineken factory in Amsterdam? Yeah, I don't think we went when we, when we visited Amsterdam. All right. Well. If you're ever in Amsterdam, go to the Heineken factory. I've heard really good things and about it. And it's actually so. pretty cool. They actually use um, current technology, so they have, like, um, graphics everywhere. It's actually really cool. And, of course, because when you pay the fee, at the end of the tour, you get, like... Like most breweries. Yeah, like most breweries, you get at least two free... I think you actually get five. Along I, the tour. I obviously have no idea. Um, but it's actually pretty cool, so I highly recommend you go um, if you can. But, really you know, you can also, I do know you can also go to, like, the Budweiser factory in St. Louis. Well, the Anheuser-Busch factory in St. Louis. You can also do the one in um, Fairfield, California, you know, and all around. So, if you got ever get a chance... I highly recommend yeah. to go experience a brewery tour or a like whiskey. A le- like a legit. Yeah, yeah, a legit one. Or like a whiskey distillery, you know. It's just really interesting. They yeah. always have some fun stuff yeah. to 
Yeah. So anyway, that okay. was Sorry. side tangent and all that stuff. Okay. So, like I mentioned, this is book two of Coup de Confessions. And in this book, we get to find out a little bit more about why the series is called Coup de Confessions. Um, so at the end of the last episode, we talked a little bit about the car that Dale gave Shelby, the Barracuda. And kind of, you know, she gave it away and everything. However, he brought it back to her. Um, we find that out at the end of the last book that he brought it back, I think. Or was it no. the beginning of this one? At the beginning of this book. Okay, that's, that's why I couldn't yeah. remember, like, exactly which uh-huh. one it was. You don't find out. Because, All this stuff until later. Yeah, because at the end of the last book, the way it ends is... She's at the college. She, she meets with the well, president. Well, she hit, she hit, gets, hit she hikes hikes. Hitchhikes. Yeah. Neither of us can say she a word today. We hikes. promise we have not drank that no. much. She hitches a ride to um, South Carolina from North Carolina. Spartanburg? No. Yes, Spartanburg. I was like, is it Spartanburg? Spartanburg. And so, of course, the guy yes, that she, you know, hitches a ride from actually was like, gas hey, yeah, gas and rass. She and she's any like, money. Money, she's like, so. well. Here we and go. she's like, well, do you have any condoms? And he's like, no. She's like, well, I guess you're getting a handy. <laughs> yeah, but say, give me some lotion. Let's go. <laughs> right. Um, so, and so, but. Um, when she gets there, she meets with the college president, finds out that her, understandably, her scholarship has been given away to somebody else. Because she never responded. Correct. However, the dean or the president has pity on her, for lack of a better yes. way to put it. Requires that she write an essay. I can't remember. It's like. It's not done. Yeah, like she has she four has, years yeah, to get it done. She has from the, from the first week she's there as a student till she graduates. And so, pretty much that president, in a lot of ways, saved her life. Correct. We find out later that the person that actually gave her the lift to the school helped save her life too. Yeah, so I mean, like, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the background that we don't fully discover until later. Yeah. Um, but Dale brings the Cuda to Shelby because pretty much he's like, no matter what happened, what you think, that Cuda's yours. Yeah. Um, so fast forward four years and on YouTube, Shelby has started her own channel called Cuda Confessions. Yes. And the whole idea behind it is she finds people that have some sort of connection to the Cuda and they kind of talk about how that car influenced something in their life. So, like, um, Johnny, mm-hmm. like, we meet him, like, not super at the beginning, but, like, she meets him later, and he, one, recognizes her because it's a pretty popular series. Um, but, like, he gets in the car and talks about, like, his dad as an immigrant. Not yet. But I'm, I'm later. As, as an example. Yeah. I'm saying this is an example yeah. of what they were. Um, like, how he talked about the American muscle car, mm-hmm. and the CUDA was, like, up there for him. And, you know, kind of how that helped shape his childhood and growing up with his dad and how they connected and all that stuff. And that's just kind of, that's what Shelby was doing with the Cuda Confession. She was finding out how this car brought people together. Well, my favorite way of how she described it was, like, well, she has her um, roommate, Becca. Mm-hmm. And I guess they've been roommates the whole all four, four years, years yeah. right? So, oh, wait. So it's four years. They're all seniors. So she says, you know, when Becca goes for a donut run because they have to have Krispy Kremes, it takes her 10 minutes to get to the car, go get it, and come back. She's like, but if I go get donuts, it takes me at least 40 minutes to an hour because because everyone stops me and wants to have a conversation about the car. Especially if they recognize her and they want to be recorded like Johnny. Yeah. You know? 
The car just shapes so much of her after Dale gives it to her. Um, That's also how she meets Ernie, who... Because he was one of the first people to talk to her at Krispy Kremes. And, like, she tells that story because... So, pretty much what happens is she's at school. She has the car. All the stuff, like, kind of has helped shape who she is as a person now. And she has been asked to return home for the first time in four years. After everything, she hasn't seen anybody except, I think she has seen Dale a few times. I think she's mm-hmm. talked to her mom a few times, which I don't agree with, but whatever. It's her um, mom. Oh, yeah, but still. I like, mean. Her mom apologized, which I doubt she did, but you know what I mean. Well, I mean. So she's. But you gotta think of it this way. Right or wrong, she's your mom. Well, true, but. I mean, honestly. I mean, right or wrong, they're still your parent. You know, you don't have to like him, but. You have she hasn't made that decision, she doesn't want a relationship. She still True. wants a relationship. Once she figures out what she wants, oh, no, she does that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So at this point, she's still her mom. So of course she still has right or wrong that thing. So pretty much Dale is coming up on Sorry. his like twenty fifth year. Twenty fifth and twenty fifth um year of and, working and at Rittenhauer. Rittenhauer. And so they want to do a big to-do for him. Um, he doesn't really want it, so as a surprise, pretty much she's been asked to come and say something. And her surprise is that she gets Ernie, which is a guy that Dale knew way back when. When he was a rookie. Yeah, when he was a rookie. He used to be really close, and then when everything happened with the sons that we mentioned last episode, they lost lost touch, essentially. So she brings Ernie in. And Ernie like, and his wife, Francine. Yep, and it's this whole thing. Really sweet, honest to God, probably one of my absolute favorite parts of the entire series. That whole scene where she stands up and does the talk and brings Ernie in and everything. Like, that's just for me, like, but I'm also really empathetic. And so, like, that tugs my heartstrings in the best type of way. Um, so, comes to that, it's the first time she's seen her stepbrothers in four years since everything happened. And, I mean, in so many ways, it's like no time had even passed to a point. They, obviously, everybody was older, um, and I would say contrite to a certain point. I think Kane was. Colt, maybe not as much, but Kane was contrite to a certain extent. Um, and pretty much what happens, and this is pretty much the basis of the last 75% of the book, the star race car driver, Colby, comes mm-hmm. in, runs his mouth, gets himself where he pretty much, as my dad would say, writes a, writes a check. His ass can't Yeah, cash. exactly. Um, and he's just big man on campus and essentially gets told she can beat you. She, meaning Shelby, can beat your ass in her CUDA versus your Audi, whatever the fuck R8. it was. I was like, whatever the fuck it is that he drives. Um, it's an R8. <laughs> and so pretty much the, the whole thing was. $180,000 car. Winner takes all. Basically, they're um, basically what ends up racing for the pink is slip. They're racing for pinks, and which is the title. Well, for okay. lack of a better word, like that's essentially what it translates into. Well, not only that, but another big, huge part that unfortunately you kind of glossed over, probably on purpose, but yeah. <laughs> I have a so at that. the beginning of the book, it was um, you know. She's freaking out because she has to go to this thing, right? But she also found that same week that it was all in all the um, auto news that a um, Chevy, 
um, a CUDA convertible. What? A CUDA convertible Hemi. Just like hers. Just like hers. Had sold that week for for $4 million. Shit ton of money. For anybody, I think, just about. That's a shit ton of money. And so basically, she's like, oh my God, you know, I have Dell's investment, right? Which makes Um, her uncomfortable. Well, yeah. Understandably so. And um, so basically, she's at this event. Um, Colby's um, writing the checks that his ass isn't going to be able to pay. And so he basically, the bet is basically his R8 um, Audi versus her CUDA plus his $4 million bonus check. So in essence, that could be an $8 million payout to Dell. And the whole reason this happens to a certain extent is Dale and Colby do not get along because Colby's the new hot shot coming up and he thinks he knows best, whereas Dale, not necessarily the old timer, but in this situation, he kind of is the old timer because he's the crew chief. You know, he's yeah, in charge. He's, he's the, the one boss. that, he's that pit boss. you know, works on the engines, helps yeah. to build them and gets the car in top right. shape. But Colby does not necessarily, Correct. they butt heads an awful lot, which is why this bet comes out. Um, okay, here, I will make the best analogy for everybody. If you are a NASCAR fan, right, it would be like Dell Earnhardt, and here comes Junior, right? Mm-hmm. And Junior saying, hey, I'm the current hot shit. I'm the goat. I'm the goat. I'm winning everything. Dad knows nothing, even though Dad's won championships, you know, and yet you're sitting there telling the people who are trying to protect you, who know what they're saying, and you're like, nope, nope, nope. You say, I think that's what always gets me, too, yeah. is, like, you're insulting the people that yeah. build your fucking car. Yeah. And like, in dude. this instance, and in this instance, Dell's actually won um, 10 championships with his drivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Dell is fantastic at his job. Yeah, I mean, like, he, when he was a racer, he won Rookie of the Year. Like, people. I mean, he just, he's, he lives and breathes yeah. racing. Yeah, I mean... Oils in his blood. Yeah, so, know, I mean, 100%. It's, it's his whole thing. Right. And so, pretty much the last half of the book revolves around this upcoming bet. Um, I'm not going to give away a ton of stuff. Just know that. It's a quarter mile, right? It's yeah. a quarter mile drag. It's a drag, yeah. It's quarter mile drag. And so, it's Shelby versus um, Colby. He's in his Audi. She's in the Cuda. And so, um, in essence, what they do is they take... <laughs> From his NASCAR. They take his engine. They take his engine. The one that he says isn't good enough. Yeah. They take his engine and put it into her CUDA. So, like, talk about souped up of the super. Right. And so, because she hasn't driven in four years. They have to train her. They have to retrain her. And plus, Dell's not stupid. He knows his girl. He knows his boys. He knows something happened. And so, he's like, I don't know whatever it is, but you need to fix it. You need to fix this. And so, like Marianne says, for the rest of the book, it's it's literally... Interplay between them of her trying to not necessarily get back at them, but that is part of the... Yeah, she she wants some revenge. Specifically. She wants some revenge. Same with Kane, but I think Colt is the bigger target there. I think with Kane, she's conflicted with how... What kind of revenge she needs. What kind of closure she needs. What can I do to... Close that door. Yeah, with um, Colt is one hundred percent. She knows exactly what right yeah. because mm-hmm. his crime worse. was so much worse yeah. than anything Agreed. Kane had tried to do. 
So you know, and plus she still feels guilty <laughs> for everything else. Shit, and yeah. then you know, you also see the dynamic between her and her mom mm-hmm. is just deteriorating even worse. Oh, and that's, I mean, we already I think all yeah. know how I feel about the mom. Right, she's a bitch. Right, and that does not change as the story mm-hmm. progresses. Not at all. Um, okay, so, so yeah, like I mean, pretty much, there's a bet, there's a race, and the aftermath. And then the aftermath, exactly. And the aftermath happens more in the third book than the second, to a point. I feel like, like there's a good bit of the aftermath still in the third book. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we see the aftermath in book two, but yes. like it, it continues into book three. Yeah. Well, I'm seeing the aftermath of the from the race. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Because you can't, you know what I'm saying? The aftermath from it doesn't just end. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess so like. So, like, even when you're reading the book, it's like, okay, so you know, um, you know, she spent six months before she left. Mm-hmm. Now we're four years after, right? And so she has specific times. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to Dell's event. And, I'm coming um, right and back. then I am coming right back. I am not. So she's only planning to be there for three days. We also need to mention the boyfriend, the one that drinks the scotch and soda, because yes. even though he is a pussy, as you. Well, yeah. He and he's. Well, I was going to say that during the boyfriend, the okay. boyfriend's part. Okay, so yeah. I'll, I'll save all my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. So basically, you know, her whole goal is to, is to just be there for Dell's event and then be done. Um, be there for um, Christmas, Christmas Eve because she's supposed to work Christmas night because mm-hmm. she's a server at the Radisson Hotel yeah. in Spartanburg. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. And she has a new best friend. Yeah, she has a new best friend who happens to be gay and he's awesome. Yep. And then she has and a boyfriend. He has a boyfriend as well whose favorite driver is Colby. Yeah. Until he discovers that Colby's an asshole. Yes. <laughs> he's like, he's still hot, but he's an yeah. asshole. So, okay, so, I would say, in a nutshell, that would be our plot stuff. So, let's move on a little bit okay. to our thoughts. So, let's let's talk about the boyfriend. Okay. Robert, right? Yes, Robert. So, Robert, same age as yes. Shelby, but he goes to the all-boys school. Yeah. Um, And he's pre-law. His dad's a lawyer. Like, his dad is a big enough lawyer that when, you know, you drive down the highway, you see the billboards. That's his dad. That's his dad. Um, but his dad's like really smarmy, and there's actually a scene with Robert, his dad, Shelby, Dale, and her mom, where her mom gets embarrassed, for lack of a better way to put it, because she feels like Dale, being a good old boy, isn't good enough to have dinner with the lawyer. That's how I read it. Like she. Feels looked down upon to a point because, like, she makes a comment about, like, you can't have ketchup with your steak right. or something like that. Right. And he's like, woman. Right. I mean, whatever the fuck I want with my steak. Right. Whether it's ketchup, A1, or right. Heinz, whatever, right. whatever. Right. And, like, that just, that shows their dynamic currently, too. Right. And that helps to foreshadow stuff like yeah. this later. Um, and so, like, there's just, it's a super uncomfortable scene because her mom is being a bitch. Mm-hmm. Dale is just kind of like, I'm here enjoying time with my daughter and her boyfriend, even though I don't like her boyfriend and his dad. And then mm-hmm. his dad is like pushing an agenda, for lack of a better way to put it, um, trying to talk him up because he wants something. Is that in book three? Either way. That shows the dynamic, I think, still. Um, <laughs> 
We'll talk about him more in book three. But so we have Robert, and essentially, Shelby is with him because she's lonely. Yes, that's, that's how I take it. She's lonely, and um, he's safe. Yeah, like you he's know? not gonna hurt her. He's yeah. not gonna. She, take things too far. He's not going to do so, whatever. since you guys are still listening and we're already in book two, then you already know about book one. Yeah. So, in essence, you find out in book one, at the end of the book, one of the main reasons why Shelby left is because, in essence, she thinks she's a whore. Then, and that's because it's what it's because implied by her she, mom, but also... Because, because she went to the grocery store... To pick something up for her mom. Oh, I thought that was in book one. That was in the end of one. That's why she left. Because book um, two starts when she's in college. I thought book two is where she went to the grocery store. Mm-mm. And got told Mm-mm. all that stuff. Okay. It could be, but it's happened in book one. Does that make sense? Yeah, it happened in book one, but I was saying like, yeah. the realization doesn't happen yeah. until. Well, the realization is that she thought she was a whore. Oh, you know, like, 100%, but that's also because... Yeah. So, we're talking about the same thing, just I was saying it was more because of what her mom said and what Colt mm-hmm. did. Because, basically, she found out from Colt in book one that every time when she won um, a race... It was, that, it was thrown. No, it wasn't thrown, that they paid to have sex yeah. with her and her best friend. Yeah. And so... Here she's thinking that she literally became a whore. And then when her mom, because Colt, basically those recordings that they made of her saying certain things to her, to him and Kane. And then editing them. And edited it. Her mom basically says, how can you do this to me? Oh my God. And so here Shelby thinking, I was a part of this. I was included. But in actuality... I was, I was nothing of, but laughed at. And she says, not only Come was on. it by my mom who treats me like shit and has always treated me like shit, that, you know, um, she sacrificed all this for me and I have to be perfect for her. And then, you know, because of what Kane and um, Colt did, but not only that, her best friend was in on it too. Yep. You know, so she's just... this whole thing. And then, so then she, you know, so when book to you know she's still smarting over feeling understandable as I a think. whore that like, she honestly thinks she was people paid to have sex with her honestly thinks that you know what i'm saying and so she has all this guilt and so robert comes around and he's safe he he doesn't he represents absolutely nothing in the complete opposite exactly. of what happened when she was 18. and then like even when she was with holt and kane they obviously have kinks. Obviously have kinks. More about you know, that in book three. <laughs> they, you know, they obviously have kinks. They like it a little rough. They like to, she likes to be dominated, you know, and Robert doesn't do any of that. So, like, her current sex life sucks. But by choice. By, by choice. Because of what happened. Yes. So, Robert is, Like, I really wish y'all could He's see... He's a wet noodle. But I wish you could see the face I was making. I, know, right? <laughs> I feel like the face really just explains everything. Like, I don't dislike him, but I don't like him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of ambivalent towards him, right. I guess. As you said, he's a wet noodle. Like, oh. he's not a bad guy, but he's not right for Shelby. And right. because of that, it just makes the entire situation right. shitty. Um, 
So in that respect, when he is done, finally, it's not the best. Like, it's whatever. Right. But unfortunately, he keeps popping up throughout the next two books. He would always... He actually even proposed to her. And she told him no. So I'm trying to think. Is it in in the end of this book that he comes to fetch her after the race, after she's been injured? And that's in this book, right? Or is it in the beginning of the next book? Beginning of the next. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about it then. But, like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I understand why he's in there, but I don't particularly care anyway about him. Right. And then, so, of course, you have Colton Kane. Okay. So we've talked about Robert. Mm-hmm. We're moving on from Robert for the time being, and we're moving back on to Kane and Colt. Okay. Um, so... T- Technically, in this book, I would still say that they are both love interests. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, have they started to redeem themselves? If they have or haven't, why do you think that? Like, what what are your thoughts on them? Oh, God. Um, so... I honestly think they got worse. I think Kane actually got worse in this book than he was in the first one. I think it's because now they have a chip on their shoulder because they got called out on all the shit that happened way back when. You know, um, I think Colt has redeemed himself in this book, especially once um, the truth came out of why he ratted her out to her mom. Why he said what he said that day when she called him to find out, you know, what she heard, right? Um, so, you know, um, excuse me, basically, you know, she feels all this guilt because, you know, her best friend in high, um, Caroline at the end of the book, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. With she, her stepbrother's with, baby. Yeah, her stepbrother's baby. And he leaves her. Asshole. Right? So she's raising a baby by herself. Named Shelby. Named Shelby. Which I love. Um, Then, you know, so Shelby feels guilt because, you know, she here she is having to do this race. In order to do this race, she has to work with her um, stepbrothers. And Caroline. And Caroline, because Caroline's going to help her be able to get off the track and stuff like that, right? Well, get off the line in a timely manner and stuff like that. So she's, so the family is calling all these favors. And so by now, Colt and um, Kane are working for the team, right? And only that, they also brought in Johnny, who we met briefly at the beginning of the you know, book. The one that with the Cuda confessions, with the donuts. does and, end up with yeah. the Cuda. Well, he didn't do the donuts. But he, he watched her. No. Like, well, she, she watched. No, no, no. Because no. she did. No, no, no. So he he recognized her because she went to a place in Spartanville to let off some steam. Spartanburg. Because, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm not from there. I don't know. Spartanburg. Get right. <laughs> so she meets Johnny, right? And um, they're sitting there flirting, and she's, like, thinking he's kind of hot and that she wouldn't mind, you know, sleeping with him or whatever. And But he recognized her from her YouTube channel, 
he doesn't know who she is other than the YouTube channel, right? And so she does um, the donuts around him, but not the Krispy Kreme donuts oh, yeah, like no, how yeah. she met Ernie. No, sorry, no, I was. I was. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And so when she's at the event, she finds out They're Johnny connected. is connected to her family, and he didn't know. Yeah, they were both shocked to she, discover. Yeah, that they were both interconnected in that right. Respect. And so, um, but, he's also a driver, right? Because he's also a driver. He's in the Xfinity series with Colt. Is also with um, Colby's brother Casey. You know, um, because NASCAR is incestuous. Yes, um, for lack of a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, no shit. Um, and so, to me, I think Kane gets worse, right? Because, in a sense, he knows exactly what he's doing in this book. Oh, you know, one hundred percent. You know, because here's Shelby, right? She's basically she's during, grown up, but she's yeah. not. She's still very nice. What is it? You know, it's actually part of one of the things that was kind of weird. So, forget me. What do you think? Talk about the guys. Talk about all any of them. Talk about any of the guys that are in this book. I mean, for me, going into book two, and you got to include Johnny too. Yeah, no, like he's in my head actually. Yeah, yeah like for me, going into book two, I was still even on rereads, knowing what's going to happen. Like I, I still go go into book two being pissed as fuck. Like, for Shelby, because she was treated like shit. I mean, like, there's really no other way to, like, they treated her like shit. Dale didn't. Because, I mean, part of that's ignorance. Right. And you don't know that if he was aware that all this was going on, that he would have stepped in. I'd like to think he would have, but I don't actually think he would have. I don't think it was ignorance. I think it was him not being there because of the season. Yeah, so it's like going into book two, I'm super pissed off. And everybody. Except Dale. <laughs> um, and I mean, kind of like you, like, I don't necessarily think they fully redeem themselves because they don't really own up to the fact that they were fucking assholes to an 18-year-old girl mm-hmm. who was, I mean, I don't want to say that she was impressionable, but... To a point, she kind of was because she's 18, super naive. She's never been with a guy, never had a boyfriend, it sounds like. Probably, I'm going to, this is me just kind of reading between lines. I'm assuming she'd never had a boyfriend because of her mom. Correct. And the issues, for lack of a better way, um, that she saw her mom have with men. So she decided, fuck that. Right. I'm getting out. Like, I'm not going to, I'm right. not going to fall into that rut. Right. Um, and so it's like, it's hard to... Even look at them as romantic interests still in this book, even with the things that happen sexually right. between them, and be like, yeah, okay, like you're more of a book boyfriend now than you were in book one because it's just not the truth. See, I agree with that because it's like in this book, you know, she hasn't driven for four years. And so, because when she drove in the first book, they equated sex with her driving. They had to do it again in this book. And so, of course, you have to do it again in this book, right? And so, here Shelby is, gas her ass all over again. Literally. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, she cannot separate being able to drive with sex. But then again, you also learn in this book, sex is power. 
No, for real. I mean, and she, I sex think is power. And she I think discovers that finally that actually I, I hold a lot of the power in the right, situation. Right. Whereas I can say yes or no. And, right. I mean, they can't. Exactly. They can't do anything yeah. about it. And one of the really cool things. So, okay, let's, because I'm getting ready to say this. So let's talk about what you like and what you dislike because I have some stuff to say. So, I mean, this really isn't a dislike because it's kind of like in book one where mm-hmm. I was like, it had to happen. Right. I really, and this, again, is each time I read it, even now having read it several times, I get really pissed off when the bed gets made. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, Shelby even has this reaction of how fucking dare you use me to measure your dick. That's, yeah. that's not how she says it, obviously. But that's like. She gets pulled into a dick measuring contest that she wants absolutely nothing to do with. And she's essentially coerced into doing it because at that point, Dale wrote a check, his ass can't cash. Mm -hmm. And like that always, I mean, like I said, it's like one of those, after reading the end, you get why it happened the way it did and what they were hoping to achieve. But Shelby's whole thing was, you know, if you just asked me, I would have done it. Mm -hmm. I can, so, okay, yeah, keep going. But instead, just like a man, <laughs> fuck the patriarchy. I'm joking, right. but I'm not joking about fuck the patriarchy, but, like, I'm being a little sarcastic yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I caught that. <laughs> so I had to make sure. Other people might not Because I know I that you that. get my sarcasm. Uh, I was I being that. very sarcastic with yeah. that. Yeah. But, that. like, just like a man, he made a decision for her. And at this point... But in a sense, she also ran her mouth too. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. You know like, what I'm saying? I'm not she, like she's not even completely innocent yeah, here. But like for she what ran her mouth too. Ended up happening, considering what had happened four years ago. That's a shitty situation to put her in. Oh, Granted, yeah. I know Dale was completely unaware yeah. what actually happened. He just knew something had happened. But well, but okay. So here's my thing, right? And I have multiple things in this little okay, section. Okay, let's go. Ready? Okay. So regarding the bet. Right. Mm-hmm. So there the actual speeches and all that shit's done. So after the speech, Shelby was hoping to just get the fuck out and just leave. Slink out. Right. But unfortunately that didn't happen because she was guilted. Well, no, not really guilted. Remember because what so everyone knew that if anyone tried to say if anyone tried to have the event, Dell would have just shot all of them down. The yeah. only person he wasn't show up. who he would have showed up for Shelby. was Shelby. And that's why she unfortunately became that person. Right. And so scapegoat. Yeah. And so after she gave her amazing speech, right? Um, Dell got up and left and she yelled, the keys are at the wheel. Meaning in the CUDA. So the next thing you know, Dell has a CUDA in the garage. And all the people are surrounding it, right? Because, like I said, yeah, because, like I said, NASCAR. It's NASCAR. Their dicks are everywhere. Literally. (laughs) And so when they make the bet, Dell has every faith in Shelby that she can do this. And Ernie's like, because Ernie's a car guy. No, I don't understand. I don't understand. He goes, well, here, let me show you something. And so he shows Ernie this video. Of one of Shelby's races that she has no clue about. And from when she was 17. When she was 18. 18. When she was 18. And all she Smoked heard. Him. All she heard was, you know, when this it was guy. Rowdy, it, it was rowdy. Yeah, it was rowdy. 
So basically, she hears that, you know, this person raced, he lost this race, became serious in his race that year, he became rookie of the year, he blew everyone away, he won the championship, yada, yada, yada. Turns out to be Shelby's the one who beat him in the CUDA in an NHRA car. And he was driving an NHRA car, which is National Heart Rod Association. Okay. Legit. So she's she's an idiot savant driver. She Literally. has no clue. She just knows she slams it in yeah, gear and lets right? go. So with all that being said, right? In this part, it's the first time I hated Dell. Because in this book, in the first book. I think he was clueless because he wasn't around because it was during the season. The boys were not working for the team at that point. They had their other jobs, right? Dale was fully indebted, fully embedded into the team like normal, right? Four years later, you know, both the boys are now in the the family of Rittenhouse. This is the first time Dale used Shelby just like everybody else. So which is super disappointing. That, because that part was very hard. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, we all know I don't have a trigger, right? We all know I don't have triggers. But that was actually very sad to read because she thought she had one person on her side. And it turns out he he used was, her. I say out for himself in that respect. Yes. At that point. Just with right? that. Right. Just with that. You know? And then I'm just like, oh my God. Second point. So here she is. Shelby's a senior in college, right? Worked her ass off to do what she did. Um, now she's thrust in this high-profile event against a current NASCAR racer. She feels like she's, I always kind of interpreted it as she also kind of felt like she was being made a fool of. Correct. Right? On purpose. Yeah. By Dale. Exactly. Which made it ten times worse. Well, not just by Dale, though. But like, I mean, by but all that of was them. the one that yeah. was the worst yeah. for her. And then, not only that, though, but, you know, here she's thrown back in with Caroline and the whole crew from four years ago, and she has all this guilt on her because she took, she feels as if she took all of Caroline's dreams because, you know, Caroline wanted to go to college. She didn't get to because she was pregnant. She wanted to be a race car driver. She's not the one who's driving the car against a NASCAR driver, you know? So of course she's, you know, deep in this book, the whole theme of her, one of the themes of um, Shelby is guilt. Guilt. I can't take anything away from her. So in this book, you actually see she has feelings for Colt, but not anything like she has for Kane, right? Nothing like she has for Kane, but because she connects she sees a connection between Kane and Caroline. She, to her detriment, is like, I'm not going to be. I'm not taking anything else away from exactly. her. Exactly. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I can't take anything away from her. Which is like super noble. But at the same time, when you're reading it, you're like, like. I know, right? Like, I get where you're coming from, but girl fucking backbone. Right. Right. Stop letting them walk over. At that point, you're finally to the point of, oh my God, stop right. letting them walk all over right. you. Like, you're fucking 22 years old. Right. And so, that was kind of irksome. You know what I'm saying? Kind of irksome. And then Kane was feeding into it. hmm And so was Caroline. 
Yep. You know, and I'm like, you fucking people, can you guys just not? Super shitty. You know what I'm saying? But so in this book, you see a lot more of, I'll just say it, Caroline makes a, makes a decision. She's like, why can't we just love who we want to love and be who we want to be with, right? Because now you have, this is a part where it gets kind of tricky because you have Shelby, who is stepsisters to Colton Kane. Mm-hmm. Then you have Caroline, who is half-sister to Colt. To Colt. Then. then you have Johnny that's in the mix now, right? So you have all five And we don't quite, people. at this point, fully understand how, besides his association as a driver. Right. You don't fully understand how he fits in that dynamic, not until book three. I mean, it comes out a little bit in book two. It comes two, out a little bit in book two. But it's not as obvious. Well, that scene that you're thinking is, book three. is 100% book three. But I'm thinking about the part where they're on, where they're on the car, they're on the car. <laughs> and that actually happens yeah. in two. And so basically, they have an orgy. It's gas for ass to where Johnny beat um, Johnny actually beat um, Shelby. Mm-hmm. So of course Shelby loses because the winner always gets head. Yep. Right. So, ergo, so, ergo, she gotta go right. Through. Give something. Unbeknownst to us at the time, Colt, because Shelby never really had to give head, she gave head once the whole time, and that was to Colt willingly, and it wasn't on the track, right? And she didn't do a very good job of it. (laughs) Nope. So, when she's giving Johnny head, Colt's helping her, telling her what to do, do, and then that's when you realize, huh, okay then, right? Fishy. Yeah. And then on the other car, because Rowdy was there too, and Rowdy left, but on the other car was Rowdy, Kane, and Caroline. And so this was Caroline's Christmas present. You know, and that's when she knew she couldn't. She couldn't come between Caroline and something else. Exactly. And so, you know, so of course, to me, that was irksome. You know, I 100% agree with that. Like that. Like, I didn't mention it, but it is one of those things where it's like, I 100% support Shelby and what she was kind of thinking, mm-hmm. because it is super noble. Right. It's just... Right. Come on. Exactly. Like, you can't help but just, like, roll your eyes and be like, oh my right. fucking God. Come then the fuck you on. even have Harry, her best friend, right, who's basically telling her, you know what, what are they going to do? You know, because here she is, she has what? A week to get ready for the race. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, a week to get ready for the race. Because it's like right before the New Year or something it's, like that? It's like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Yeah, I, I can't remember it's the One day. of the two. It's one of those days. And so basically, um, or the day after Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas, the, the day after Christmas, right? So basically, you know, Harry's, Harry's basically telling her, what do you get out of this? He goes, oh, well. You get a car. He goes, if you don't want to, throw the race. What are they going to do? It's not your check. It's not your check. You're not wanting to be with the family anyway because of everything they've done. So what does it matter? You know what I'm saying? So even until the end of the, till the actual race, she didn't even know what she was going to do. 
if she was actually going to race or if she was going to just be like, fuck this, fuck you. Exactly. Right. And then lose everything. Mm -hmm. Not only that, at the same time, Dell had Macy. No, Macy built a new house. That's a whole other can of worms for me. Most definitely. But with doing that, you know, Shelby sees that her mom's finally getting the respect her mom thinks she deserves. As a gold digger. As a gold digging whore. Side note. Yeah, as (laughs) a gold digging whore. Literally, and that comes out more again in book three. Oh, yeah. Um, so, ugh, like a book three, I'll probably let loose on Macy. Let yeah. Just be honest with you. You know. So, it's just, like this whole, like you said earlier, like the whole kind of theme of this book to a point is guilt. And revenge. Yeah, but I say revenge for sure. Like, even if you look at, like, the name, it's called Turn and Burn. Revenge is a redheaded bitch. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, 100% that tells you Shelby's out for revenge right and i mean it's a great read oh most definitely i mean would you i mean obviously both of us love these books right and i i have recommended them several times yeah obviously you recommended it to me. yeah so it's obviously i recommend it do you recommend it i do but i don't recommend it to people it depends no like i'm not gonna just you throw know it out saying? there willy-nilly yeah. because like you i know? said in the last episode like there's a very divided camp on these books yeah. like some people are like, oh my fucking God, it's so freaking good. And then there's the other camp of people that are just like, oh my fucking God, this book is trash. See, I mean, even though, like, we've we've said this many times before on this podcast, how the romance genre is still a redhead stepchild. How even though it is the, the top grossing fiction right, genre. And how people... Still look down on it every day. Yep. Still look down on it every day. And I think that's one of the the incredible things about the author's notes. She didn't really have one very... Not as much as like the first one. Not on book two. You know, like she did in book one. And even in book three, I was actually tearing up in book three's author's note when I started last night. Um, But, you know, she basically even says the exact same thing, you know quit with this bullshit you know reading is reading like we said kink shaming people there are always people that are kink shaming like, I, who, I who d- gives a shit like i don't prefer choking but you right. might prefer choking so who gives a shit that's you it's what you like I, let's I go on with our bad selves well exactly i mean like there's even a scene in this book no no book three. it's in book three right but i'm not gonna say names right but basically Someone is, um, someone is fucking somebody, right? And then somebody else is giving that person head. Well, I mean, after he fucks that person, then someone gives that guy head. Yeah. So in essence, they're tasting what just happened. You, you best say tasting each other. Right? Do you know what I mean? And so that particular scene, somebody might be sickened out by it. it is a bit because it is a little bit like, squishy. huh, okay, move along. So I get it, you know, but it's like the reason why I don't really tell people about this book or this series is because I don't know what people can handle. Oh, no. Do you know what I'm you saying? Have to be really careful because, again, people 
can take offense. Like, how dare you suggest that to me? Like, well, if that's what you asked for. Like, I exactly. Didn't, I didn't know that that was too far. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry if I offended you. Like, I didn't exactly. do it on purpose, obviously. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if I told you this story, um, but when 50 came out, right, it came out on Nook. I was like, okay, click. I bought it, read it. Oh, okay. When's the next book come out? Okay, I'll wait for the next book. And I bought the whole series, right? Unbeknownst to me, that's when it was all over the news. You know what I'm saying? Mommy porn. porn. So I was working at my job and some lady's like, oh, Missy, have you seen what's going on in the news? You read a lot, right? And I'm like, yeah, I read all the time. She's like, oh, well, have you heard the new scandal that's all over the news? It's on all the morning talk shows. It's on all the radio stations. It's on everything. And I'm like, okay, what is it? She's like, it's this book called Fifty Shades of Grey. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a good book. You want, I go, it's actually a really good book. You know, and I started talking about it. She's like, oh, my God, Missy. I can't believe you read that. I can't believe you read that. I can't believe you actually enjoyed that book. And I can't I'm believe like, that you're over here being an uptight bitch. I'm like, are you fucking kidding <laughs> me? Like 2013, 2012. Like, I'm like, hello, seriously, people, freaking, it's, yeah. You know, do whatever you do in your bedroom. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna. I'll judge you for other stuff. But I'm not gonna judge you for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, okay, people, when I say I'm going to judge you, obviously I'm going to judge you if Silently you... Silently in my head. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> like when I called Robert a pussy for drinking soda with his um, scotch, I'm okay if that's what you want to do. When I wrote that down, I was in a mood, and I'm like, he's a pussy. You I mean, know? He kind of is, <laughs> even without that. Right? But... So, I mean, I might judge you in my head if you wear something and it's too tight. And you're, but I'm not I mean, say but if you have the confidence to do it, you know what? You go, honey. You work it. Exactly. So you know, when I judge you, I don't do it maliciously. I just do it to be like, huh? I couldn't do that. You know. But when it comes to somebody's kinks and what they read and what they enjoyed, you know what? I damn sure will bring that up because that's just wrong. I hate it when people sit there and judge me for the way I what I read. You're not paying my bills. You're not. You're not buying the books. You're not buying the books. You know? So, shut up. You know? And so, with this book, in particularly, like Marianne said, I can see the whole, you're, there's no gray. It's black or white. You must say, at this point, it's very black or white. It's black or white. You either think these books are the smuttiest things ever. You, you, you don't even know why this author is getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Or you're like, what the fuck happens next? I need to finish this series. Yep. And so, like, even the prequel, that's taken forever. Literally forever. Forever. It's been six years. Come on. You know? But, again, we're six years after these books were published. You can't put your 2021 goggles on to read these books. You know, tell me what you think. Am I just blowing shit? No. Smoke. I agree. I feel like I don't have anything else to add. Um, <laughs> so I think this is a good place to stop. Yeah, probably. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. No. Dun dun dun. dun. What is your review? What do you mean? What's your scale? Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? What's um, your scale? Because obviously Robert is a point five. Robert's like a zero. 
I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because he picks her up at the hospital. He picks her up at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the accident. Oh yeah, because Shelby has a really bad accident. I think I'm gonna leave Colton Kane where they were. Really? Mm-hmm. Two and a four. No, no, no. I don't give him. I'm not giving him a four in this book at all. I'm. Mm-mm. I'm holding the status quo. Mm-mm. I'm giving him a one and a half. You're so harsh. And you know, I, I'm even putting Dell in this. No, I actually, I had the thought. I think Dell gets docked down to at least like a four or five. Dell's like because to of me the whole right death now, thing. Dell right now is a two. He's dead to us. He's you know he you are dead to me. You How know, dare you? The the person I love the most in book two is Ernie. Oh no, Ernie and Francine. Ernie is. Fucking Ernie, phenomenal. Francine, Philip, and um, Harry. Super Those amazing. are the only people in this book who are worth anything. Okay, so we are stopping our discussion here. Um, we still have a lot more to say, but until we get through book three, neither of us can really share our full thoughts on stuff. Um, so that means that you just have to tune in next time where we will be discussing book three of Cuda Confessions called Pedal to the Metal. Um, and that'll be available in two weeks time. If you're listening to this before it's out, obviously if you're just listening to it and it's out, out and whenever you listen to it. Um, but we really enjoyed this so far. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any, I'm sorry, I'm saying um a lot. Like I'm really, like my mind is like not on this currently. Yeah, it's, trust it's, me, it's really not on what's happening right it now. It is elsewhere. Um, however, she's having issues today. If you have any comments or questions, or you have suggestions to us to what or what to read after pedal to the metal, <laughs> I promise English is my first language. If you have suggestions. Nature. For what to read after Pedal to the Metal, please don't hesitate to reach out and email us at bookboozefriends at gmail.com. It is spelled the same way that the podcast is titled, and we would love to hear from you. Yes. So thank you again for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Laters.